When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Working, the podcast about what people do all day. I'm Jacob Brogan. Right now, you're hearing a group called the Mosaic Singers practicing. More about them in a moment. For this season of Working, we left the East Coast behind and flew to Detroit. We spoke with eight people who are drawing on the city's complex history as they work to create its future. In this episode, which is our last of the season, we sat down with Delachey Strauder, director of music programs at the Mosaic Youth Theater of Detroit. Mosaic is this really cool arts education program that tries to bring out and develop the creativity of the city's youth. That song you're hearing right now is called Pressure. And Strauder, uh, herself an alumni of the program, wrote it for the Mosaic Singers. Over the course of this episode, we'll hear that song come together. We'll also learn a lot about the ways that Strotter works, from the musically informed lessons that she does with grade school students to the large-scale productions that she puts on with older ones. Then, in a Slate Plus Extra, Strotter talks about her role as a fundraiser for Mosaic. If you're a member, enjoy bonus segments and interview transcripts from working, plus other great podcast exclusives. Start your two-week free trial at slate.com slash working plus. What is your name and what do you do? My name is Dila Maya Strader, and I'm the Associate Artistic Director and Director of Music Programs at Mosaic Youth Theater of Detroit. What is uh, Mosaic Youth Theater of Detroit? So Mosaic is a creative youth development organization. We use the arts to help young people explore their gifts, okay. as well as um, explore different career paths to find out who they are and what it is that they want to do. Mm-hmm. We have alumni who have been nominated for Grammys and Tonys, mm-hmm. um, but we also have young people who, once they left our program, of course, have done you know medicine and law, um, who are teachers and bankers, because you know it's really about 
being able to present, you know, critical thinking, problem solving, all of the things that you need, you know, to put on a play or put on an amazing concert Mm -hmm. can be used in various career paths and career fields. Mm -hmm. I'm an alum of the organization. I was in the program for three years when I was in high school. Um, And so I have a very intimate knowledge of the organization from, you know, multiple sides. So let's talk about how you fit into all of that. What is your role in this program? So my long title essentially means that I'm the director of programs. And in addition to that, my background is in music. So I am the principal conductor for our uh, main stage vocal ensemble, the Mosaic Singers, which is the group that goes on tour and our ambassadors for the city. And right now, um, I'm currently directing our May production, so I'm actually directing the play. And then we do arts-infused education at University Prep Science and Math Elementary School. Is that where we are today? That is where we are today. And so with that partnership, it allows us to go into the classrooms um, of this school and do arts-infused education. So I typically go into a classroom, you know, between one and two times a week for about two and a half to three hours. And what age are the kids that you're so visiting? The school is K-5, but we um, are doing arts-infused education with young people between the grades of two and five. So when you visit uh, a classroom with second graders, that's the, those are the youngest that you're mm-hmm. working with, uh, what kind of education are you doing with them? What kind of activities are you doing there? So we work with teachers to make material that the young people may be having a harder time grasping. Mm-hmm. For example, say that a teacher is saying that their classroom is having a difficult time remembering their um, multiples of twos. Mm-hmm. I would go into a classroom um, with our arts-infused education lesson plan and teach them a song about twos. We would create a... Um, is that a song that you would have written yourself? Yes. It's a song that... Sometimes it's a song that I've written myself, and sometimes it's a song that we write in the classroom with the young people. Oh, fun. Um, And then we'll also, you know, make up stories with the young people about twos and the multiples of twos, and then they'll perform it by the end of class. Um, And we'll turn them into like um, counting sticks, if you will. So they'll travel in, you know, pairs of two so that they can get the understanding that two times three is just three groups of two. Uh Um, And that usually helps them to better understand it because, you know, young people like to play. And Uh so if you can make the material that they're trying to learn more kinesthetic, it helps it to stick a little bit better. So it's about finding different angles on traditional education. Absolutely. It's it's totally a a way to transform the classroom into a a living, breathing art um, so that it becomes more a part of them as opposed to just material that they're supposed to absorb and spit back out. Is there a song that you actually have that you could you could sing for us? I will teach you the four song because the four song is the the song that I've um, been working on most recently. Um, and it's kind of schoolhouse rock in nature. All right. So the song goes, 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24. I'm multiplying four. That's one through six of four. Switch it up now. 28, <laughs> 32, 36, 40. Now you know your fours, your multiples of fours. And there's a dance that goes with it so that they have to hold up the numbers uh-huh. so that they understand which number that they're multiplying at any given time. And, and do they sing along? Oh, they sing along. <laughs> they, they scream along, really. Um, we've created music videos with them, um, which, of course, they absolutely love. So then they want to learn it faster so that they can get in the music video. Uh-huh. Um, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, so that song is, my producer is loving it. I am loving it. Uh, it's, it's a better song than I think I would have expected to hear for young kids. I, how much time do you spend 
writing these songs, working on them, figuring out uh, how they should work. I mean, it's not just like a, a parody of an existing song or something like this. I mean, it seems like you wrote something new, something, something fresh, something original for this very specific purpose. Absolutely. One of the pillars of our organization is excellence, right? And so that's excellence in art, it's excellence on stage, and it's excellence in life. So there are awesome and great nursery rhymes, but I'm sure that, you know, many of you already know that young people have a tendency to be resistant to kitty things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to us to bring them high quality art, even when we're doing things like teaching multiples of four. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it takes me, you know, five minutes, a, an idea will come up in, you know, as I'm driving or in the shower. And sometimes it takes me a few days to figure out what that melody is. And depending on, we usually do some type of survey with the young people when we're um, preparing to go into the classroom and we'll ask, you know, what, who their favorite artists are, what type of music do they like to listen to, you know, what are their favorite dance moves. And then we try to use that to inform whatever lesson we're going to teach them so that we know it'll be something that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So um, it's relevant to, to them and not just absolutely not just something that people think will be relevant to them right but Um, presumably you have artists that that you must get inspired by as well that that inform your own so because i'm the director of music programs i listen to all types of music all the time Mm -hmm. Um, most recently i've been studying uh trap music Mm. (laughs) because (laughs) our um, main production is heartbeat a story of love hate and rhythm Mm-hmm. And um, heartbeat infuses hip hop, step, percussion, dance, uh, vocal music, and acting. And there's a scene inside of Heartbeat that is called the pits. And in the pits, it's like this place where people are like wallowing in misery. They're upset with each other all the time and everything like that. And so when we were talking with the young people about, well, what kind of music do you think would capture that type of environment? And they're like, trap music now. I, you know, a classically trained musician, <laughs> um, <laughs> aren't as, I'm not as well versed in trap music. So it took me a while. I mean, the the structure of the song is pretty simple to grasp a hold to, but mm-hmm. I'm a jazz head by nature. I absolutely love jazz mm-hmm. and neo soul music. And so making sure that I'm really paying homage to that type of, you know, type of style of music. Mm-hmm. It took me a few days to grasp it so that I totally have it down. Uh, so when you were learning about trap music, uh, were there particular artists that you went to, particular uh, features of the, the music that you started recognizing in the process? So there were absolutely um, specific artists that, the, that I listened to. I can't tell you any of their names <laughs> because <laughs> what I would do is post a question in our um, private group chat or our private social um, network. Mm-hmm. And then the young artists would just start flooding my inbox with like videos. Like in the program? Yes. Our young people would um, send me messages with artists that they listened to or that they liked or thought were the epitome of trap music. And then I would listen to the music. And what I noticed the most is that there's a hard-driving percussion um, that is juxtaposed by this melodic and really smooth balanced melody the overall the structure is really empty besides those two things and then there's whatever lyrical content that you want so in theory it's pretty simple right just you know we classical people have a tendency to make things complicated (laughs) and then when you actually turn that into something for the show are you I mean, you're writing lyrics, I assume, but are you also writing every other element of the the music there? We're absolutely writing every other element. And one thing that is um, 
particularly different for our show is that all of the music is created by the young people on stage. Oh, cool. So essentially it's acapella with mm -hmm. the addition of some percussion and or step. Mm -hmm. So that trap beat will be done by um, steppers and or young people, you know, hitting on boxes and chairs and kind of a la stump or bringing the noise, bringing the funk. And then you were able to sort of write that into the... Yes, and then we wrote a, a, a piece for the scene the pits that is in the style of trap music. This is the pits. What? This is the pits recording. This is the worst. Let me be the first to mention what this here is. This is the pits. What? The wise was born are all of the productions that you put on here original productions? Most of them are. In our 25-year history, we what we've tried to do, um, starting in, in 1992, every year was an adaptation of um, like a, a classic. So Shakespeare material, um, some Greek tragedies and things of that nature. And then as we progressed through our history, we also um, commissioned a playwright, Oyamo, to help us to create a story about the um, Fisk Jubilee singers and how they came about and why they came about. Traditionally, we've done plays about young people making change or young people in the city of Detroit, or we try to tell young people stories because the young people in our program are you know essentially the ages of these characters in these different plays and so it's more relevant again mm -hmm. to what they're going through and what they're experiencing heartbeat is completely original it talks about stories of um, our young people and our um, alumni and how they've uh, experienced or seen love and hate played out in their lives mm -hmm. um, it's loosely based on a, a greek play called peace but when i say loosely i mean very loosely <laughs> Um, next one, running, hiding, running, hiding, compromising, compromising, saying, oh, okay, one, two, ready, and, running, hiding, 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 y'all gotta relax for y'all, go from pushing, hot, pushing, pulling, to into running, hiding, one, two, one, two, you're listening to music educator Delachey Strauder. After this brief break, she talks about the audition process. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I assume you must see some of these young people go from the very early years of their education all the way into their advanced education. What's it like witnessing that development over time? It's both cool, exciting, and then it's also it can also be scary when you start looking at the kids of people that you taught a few years ago and you're like, wait, I'm not gray here just yet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I've been here uh, just about 16 years. Mm -hmm. um, and so there were young people in the program when I came back to teach who were, you know, seniors in high school. Well, 16 years after that, 
they have young people who can be in summer camp. So it's exciting. You know, it's it's really cool. But it also makes you start looking at that clock. And it's really cool to, you know, see how they progress over a period of time. Um, I have young people in the program who may have started as sixth or seventh graders. Um, in fact, there's one in particular that I can talk about, Jack Williams III. He came in to our program having never sung before a day in his life. He played the cello. You know, he was always really good in um, school. And he came to do an audition. He wanted to audition for acting. But we always encouraged him to audition for everything. You know, never put yourself in a box. And he ended up in the music program. Since he started with us, he's consistently gotten more confident with his voice. He's completely fallen in love with music. He just got a scholarship to attend University of Michigan in their voice and music education program. He also competed in the uh, Michigan Youth Arts Festival. This is coming from someone who'd never sung before a day in his life. And now, you know, he is getting ready to go to one of the top schools in the country for music. So um, it's really amazing watching those journeys and, you know, how people progress. I imagine that some young people, and here I'm thinking of my own experience, mm-hmm. just aren't great at, at music or some of the other things. I mean, I, you know, I, I spent years playing violin, and I, and I apologize to everyone who ever had to listen to me <laughs> because I am tone deaf. I still gained something, I think, from spending all that time playing violin, but but not not every young person is going to be super talented. Is it what's it like working with folks who are maybe struggling to excel but are still struggling through all the same? Is so that my, important? My argument would be that everyone is excellent at something, mm-hmm. um, and that everyone's individual journey is their individual journey. And so one of the things that I take pride in and is extremely important to me is helping you figure out what that thing is. Because, of course, you know, there's only one Beyonce, right? But there are, you know, tons of people that help make Beyonce who she is or help make the spectacle that you go and see, you know, that you experience when you go see a production. Mm -hmm. You know, Beyonce has background vocalists and you have to be good to be a background vocalist, right? She has background dancers. She has production assistants and lighting designers. And, you know, there are all of these jobs. So just because you're um, passionate about the arts doesn't mean that you have to be the person that's on stage doing the art. Mm -hmm. Um, But you use that passion to inform the things that you will do. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, it's important, you know, even if you aren't um, planning to pursue the arts in a performance-related capacity, for you to pursue excellence in every single last thing that you do. And you don't, you just, you don't give up. You just use it to do whatever it is that you want to do. What about the flip side of that, though? I mean, imagine, especially as young people start swimming in the deeper waters of adolescence, that... (laughs) that a certain amount of resistance starts to come in for some. Are there ever times when young people are sort of sent by their parents to study with you all and they don't really give their all? I would say that we we very rarely have that challenge. And the reason that we very rarely have that challenge is, one, our program is extremely intense. I mean, you know, 10 hours a week. If it really isn't something that you want to do (laughs) and, you know, Detroit doesn't have, you know, the mass public transit systems that New York or Chicago have. So 
that kind of gets weeded out pretty early in the process because if your parent has to listen to you complaining as they're using their gas to drive you <laughs> to our you know our yeah. locations that's gonna end it pretty quickly but i will say we experience much more um, young people who aren't really sure about if this is something that they want to do that fall in love with it because everyone here is so passionate about it you have to audition to participate so that's already a, a part of our process that kind of makes you think, is this really something that I want to do or is this really something that I want to try? And then you have that commitment of, you know, anywhere between six and 10 hours a week. Mm -hmm. So if you're showing up, it's something that you want to do. Now, that's not to say that someone isn't going to have a bad week or a bad day or that someone isn't going to be disappointed in what role they were cast in. But again, you know, talking to people about being excellent in whatever you do, because it's not just about the stage, it's about your life and your journey. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to put your best foot forward, then, you know, what really are you doing? You audition students for the program itself, if I understand right. What does that involve uh, when, when, when someone is auditioning? What, what kind of skills are you looking for them to present? What kind of process do they go through? So our auditions ask young people to come in and do something that they feel they do best. Mm -hmm. So to participate or audition for our acting ensemble, you would come in and perform or recite a monologue or... You can come in and get a side, which is um, essentially a monologue written down on a sheet of paper that you come and you read through in front of us after having some time, of course, you know, looking over the piece. For voice students or um, people who are looking to join our vocal music program, they come in um, with a one-minute acapella piece prepared. Whatever song they think they sound the best in, it doesn't have to be classical, it doesn't have to be pop, it can literally be whatever they want, as long as they um, feel that it is something that best showcases the things that they do well. And then they come into a room um, with myself and a few other team members, and they perform that piece. We may ask them to perform it again with a different set of objectives. For example, sing it like you're on the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> sing it like you are a circus clown, you know. <laughs> and then following that, they leave the space. And then after a few days, we'll post our um, announcement, which generally um, consists of which program we are recommending you for. And... Usually there are somewhere between, you know, 150 and 300 young people that show up to auditions. And we're really lucky in the sense that we have so many different programs. I would say the hardest thing is for the young people who have, for lack of a better term, aged out of our neighborhood programs. So if you're over the age of 16, so those junior and seniors in high school, if they aren't selected for our main stage ensemble, which does have a cap, then there aren't any programs that we can recommend them for. Um, that is a challenge. Um, and again, you know, there aren't a whole lot of other programs that we can recommend them for outside of our program. But we usually try to recommend everybody for something. If they aren't recommended into one of our programs, then we will recommend that they, you know, go and talk to Detroit Repertory Theater, which is a, um, one of the oldest theater companies in the Detroit area, or for Brazil Denard Chorus, which was started by Brazil Denard, which has extreme historical significance in our city. Um, and then, and then, and then, any mm -hmm. other um, community partner or theater or vocal music troupe that we know they could fit into, we try to recommend them to those programs. Do you remember your own audition? <laughs> 
totally remember my audition. I was saying somewhere over the rainbow and I was shaking like a leaf um, during a windstorm. And I sang the song and I went through our sight reading thing. And after my sight reading assessment, you know, everybody was just standing there completely silent. And they asked me if I had music before. And I had um, because apparently I was the only person that day that could sight read a piece. Um, But, yeah, I was absolutely terrified. And when I left, I told my mom there was no way I was going to get in. And, you know, six months later, I was teaching for the organization. And however many years later? 16. I've been here for 16 years. Yeah. Trying to fit someone else's perfect, it ain't worth it. Trying to fit someone else's perfect, it ain't worth it. Trying to fit someone else's perfect, it ain't worth it. Sing two, ready, and. Trying to fit someone else's perfect, it ain't worth it. Trying to fit someone else's perfect, it ain't worth it. You're listening to Delachey Strader. In just a moment, she talks about working in Motown and challenging her students. Have there been any any songs that you've you've worked to teach uh, and cre- to create with with uh, the choir with the young people that that are especially difficult uh, or challenging to to get the group to cohere on? Absolutely. This um, year we did a piece uh, by Adolphus Hellstork called "Oh Praise the Lord," and in the piece, the song consistently changes meter signatures. Um, in addition to ha- to having um, two different meter signatures in the same measure and our young people felt like their heads were going to explode anytime they got to this measure and so we worked it over and over and over again and they killed it (laughs) when they performed (laughs) it in March but it's a piece that we started in October so it took that long um, in addition to the other 28 songs that were in the show for them to get confident with it Um, But once they did it, you know, man, talk about the level of commitment and confidence and just like overall, you know, pride that they have for themselves um, and in that experience, knowing that they could nail it. Do you ever seek out things that, you know, are going to challenge them for that reason? I seek out things that are going to challenge them all the time. (laughs) Because what we find is that, you know, if you, again, you know, it's back to that whole, you know, kids resisting kitty things. you want to give them material that they're going to be able to attack in a way and nail it rather quickly. But you also want to give them material that's going to challenge them, um, that they're going to have to step up to another level in order to be able to achieve. Um, and then surround them with the supports that they need to be able to, to tackle it so that they don't ever get into a place where they feel completely defeated and, you know, give up on themselves. So that's a part of our process all the time, be it, you know, um, in terms of, lyrical content, you know, rhythmic content, choreography. Again, you keep hearing me say choreography, dance, and step, and you never heard me mention a dance program. Mm -hmm. 
We only have an acting ensemble and a vocal music ensemble. I also mentioned percussion, which they are doing. Um, and again, most schools don't have theater or music programs, so they don't have dance programs or instrumental programs either. So we're bringing in professional um, mentors as resources to help them do all of these things and expand on all of those skills. Detroit is a city that has a, a really rich musical history of its own. Do you see the work you do fitting into that tradition? I absolutely see the work that we're doing um, fitting into that tradition and filling a gap, to be completely honest. Mm -hmm. um, Mosaic was birthed out of the fact that, you know, there were 90% of our um, public schools, 90% um, didn't have theater programs and 70% didn't have vocal music programs in the city that birthed Motown, right. which is beyond me. And that was 25 years ago. And there was a period of time where that um, that number started to decrease and there were more schools that had those um, enrichment activities. And now, you know, through various obstacles and, and financial um, struggles, we're back in a very similar situation. Um, and again, you know, because the arts tap into so many different things besides the fact that, you know, outside of the arts, we find that it is extremely important. I mean, you know, statistics everywhere will back that up. So as we are offering these opportunities and pushing young people to be their best selves at all times, we're filling that gap and tapping into that rich legacy and history of Detroit in just really cultivating and lifting up the fact that we have some there's a lot of brilliance in our city and in our youth, and they just need opportunities to showcase that and tap into it themselves. Well, thank you so much for sharing your work with us today and, and telling us about your program. Thank you for coming and for allowing me to share my story. It was a pleasure.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Working. I'm Jacob Brogan. Uh, This is the last episode of our Detroit season. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to the series just as much as we enjoyed visiting Detroit. Um, It's also, and this is hard to say, Mickey Capper's last episode uh, as a producer on the show because he moved out to California like a jerk. Uh, It's been a partnership that's meant so much to me, and I just want to say thank you, Mickey, for having made the show what it is and making it possible for me to make it. It means a lot. If you want to check out what Mickey is up to and uh, hear how his crazy, brilliant radio brain works, um, I really recommend that you check out his podcast, Sidewalks. You can find Sidewalks uh, anywhere, almost anywhere, that you normally get your your podcasts, iTunes uh, or wherever. So check it out, Sidewalks. Working will be on hiatus for a few weeks But we'll be back in early September with another really special series, a change of pace, but I think an exciting one, that I'm so excited to share with you soon. Uh, If you want some clues to that, uh, follow me on Twitter, and I will tweet some stuff out about it. If you're looking for something else to listen to in the meantime, uh, check out uh, The Gist with Mike Pesca, uh, which airs daily, and you'll have plenty to listen to as you hear what Mike thinks about news, culture, and really everything else. We'd also love to hear your thoughts about working. Uh, our email address is workingatslate.com. I read those emails, um, and I love getting them, uh, and I just love hearing from you all so much. Uh, you can also listen to our past episodes at slate.com working. Working is produced and edited this one last time by Mickey Capper. I'm Jacob Brogan. Because this is a special episode for us and because we had just such a wonderful time with the Mosaic Singers and with Strotter, uh, we want to play one last song that they sang while we were there. Um, This is Change is Gonna Come.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.